You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. So I saw an interesting thought. If there's so much good in the world... Nice. I know there's wars going on, and I know there's people suffering in the world. I know, I know. But for most of us, if we look at our individual lives, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good. Right? Family, you probably have food on the table. You probably have a roof over your head. You probably live in a safe neighborhood. You probably have some friends. You probably have a job. Again, it's not fair. Not everyone, I understand. But for most of us, if we just step back and think for a minute, we have a lot of good in our life. So then the question is, if we have a lot of good in our life, why are so many people miserable? Why? On pills, just to keep them happy. Happy pills, I mean, whatever you want to call them, right? We have so much good. Again, we talked in the last show about thinking but just to sit back, probably most of us have a car, two cars. Most of us probably have a house with a couple bedrooms. Yeah, some people live in apartments. Okay, you still have a couple rooms. Most people have children. Most people have healthy children. Um, most of us got to go to school. Most of us have some sort of education. We can read. We can see. We can hear. We can talk. We have clothes. Again, maybe not all as fancy as everybody else. Not all is, you know, I'm not saying everybody gets to eat steak for dinner every night. But there's a lot of good. There's a lot, a lot of good. So why are so many people so miserable? So the stipler explains like this. It used to be, now, his used to be is probably the early 1900s. And I think if most of us look back at the early 1900s and we say, whoa, I am so happy I didn't live in those days. They were so poor. They were so dirty. They didn't even have showers. I mean, they met some of them, the wealthy ones might have had showers, but, but they were just, uh, who would want to live there, right? But it used to be that you learned to tolerate hardship. People had a hard time getting food on the table. People had a hard time staying warm in the winter. Right? People had a hard time finding a way to earn a living. Certainly, there was a lot of health issues. They didn't have the medicines we have. Penicillin, they didn't even have, right? So you learned to tolerate hardship. And therefore, you enjoyed everything. Because nothing was coming to you. Nothing was coming to you. What you got, you earned, you worked for it, you managed, you made a decision that I need it, you went and somehow you got it. Nowadays, we think about it, we give our children and ourselves, right? As you probably know these commercials already out there. You deserve this. 
you deserve this sports car, expensive car for the holidays. You deserve this vacation, right? Your children deserve this school. Whatever it is, a very interesting um, way of talking, right? If you think about it, we give ourselves and our children everything because there's no such thing as not affording. That's what your credit card is for. Of course, which one of them I had to freeze today because I can't find it, which is fine. So we're never wanting, right, because of our credit cards. So now what happens? Anything I want, I feel I deserve, I go right ahead and buy it. No problem. So when we, or our children, by the way, right, complain, what happens? There's anything they get, I'm supposed to get it. You're supposed to get me a new briefcase. You're supposed to get me new pants, new shirts, new briefcases, new iPads, new whatever, right? I'm supposed to get it. So there's no thank you for getting what you get because you're supposed to get it. And now when I don't get something, right, I'm going to complain. So I'm never satisfied. That's amazing, right? What we've, and we've brought on ourselves. In other words... If if anything I want or anything I want my children to want, then I understand when a generation, especially people really older than me, they didn't have as kids, they want their kids to have everything. And okay, so now all their kids are miserable. Your kids are miserable because they never, and ourselves, by the way, we are miserable because we never learned to appreciate all the good we have. What I have, I'm supposed to have, so... No reason to appreciate that. And what I want or what I can't get, now I complain, why didn't I get what I want? The world is a crazy place. So that's why we have difficulty being happy. Right? We got we to gotta, we gotta turn the attitude button. Right? We got to turn the switch. Right? Everything I have, who says I deserve it? Who says I deserve it? Good, I, I understand I can afford it. I have my credit card, but let me appreciate it. Let me appreciate everything I have the things I can't have, okay, so you can't have everything. And now I can allow myself to be happy, which is why, by the way, a lot of times people imagine that if they would be wealthy, they would be happy. If they'd have this, if they would just have a bigger house, if they would just have a nicer car, if they would just not have any credit card bills, then for sure they'd be happy. We've said so many stories over the years, I forget them, of course. But it's, it's not true. It reminds me of a story. But before I get to that story, because I'm not sure if I remember the whole thing, but I do want to mention, as always, that uh, to all my dedicated listeners, I know you guys love the show, and I'm asking for your help um, to get the show to spread um, and to take care of the expenses in the studio. I need you to go to my homepage and hit that donate button. Leave your name or anonymous I'll give you a shout-out in memory of happy birthday to, and in advance, I thank you for your help. So I, I saw a story recently. There was a king that uh, was suffering from, uh, what I don't, I don't know what the malady was. He was sick with something, and the doctors came to him and said, you know, the best healing for your problem is you need the clothes from a happy person. You need to find a totally happy person Take one of his clothes and you'll wear it and that will take care of the depression, whatever, whatever. So the king goes to his officers and says, okay, 
Go find me a happy person. Go find me a happy person. Okay, so first I go to the general. It's like, hey, um, Mr. General, um, you have everything you need. You're a powerful person. You're a happy person, right? Me? You know how many problems I have? I'm not happy. I'm miserable. You are? Okay. Let's go to the captain and this one and that one. Guards. Okay. Go to the wealthy neighborhood. Oh, you know how many problems I have and money problems and, and creditors and com competition and my workers and my family and this and that. <sighs> So they're, they're just going from neighborhood to neighborhood, from neighborhood, and, 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 and they, can't, they can't find anybody happy. They can't find anybody's clothing that will make the king happy. They're getting ready to go back to the king and say, Your Majesty, I know you're not going to believe this. We cannot find a happy person. We can't find a happy person. And... Uh, so they're getting closer, walking through the neighborhoods, and all of a sudden they hear from my house laughter and stuff, and they, they say, wait, I mean, this is a pretty dilapidated house and a pretty run-down neighborhood, but sounds like there's somebody happy here. Maybe we could take care of the king. They knock on the door. Okay, we're from the king. We're looking for happy people. Are you happy? Of course we're happy. Look around here. Why shouldn't we be happy? Life is great. We're alive. We're well. Family. Yeah. Great. Here's what we need from you. We need some of your clothing to bring to the king to heal him. So the poor man looks at the offer and says, I don't, what, what do you want me to give you? I don't have extra clothing. I just have what I'm wearing. I have no clothing to offer you. Right? So it's, it's interesting that people who have less of somehow manage to be very happy people because they appreciate everything they have. You appreciate that anytime you get anything, you can be happy because you appreciate. When you do not appreciate, nothing, nothing makes you happy because if you get it, you deserved it. And if you don't get it, you're upset. And that leads us to this week's Torah portion. The command at the beginning of this week's Torah portion is the bringing of the Bikurim, the first fruit. What's going on with the first fruit? So I asked my class, I said, raise of hands, how many of you had a garden over the summer? Or some, it's still, uh, we're still in September, the tomatoes are coming out. And uh, about a half a dozen hands went up. So I said, okay, let me ask you. You know, you're taking care of the plants and hoeing and watering and patching the fence so the rabbits don't get in and eat all your vegetables and stuff. And, and finally, weeks, weeks, sometimes even a month or two, and now you see the tomatoes are starting to grow. The cucumbers are starting to grow. The peas are starting to grow. Everything is growing. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. And you ask your mother every day, Ma, um, when, when can we have a tomato? That boy said, oh, I don't like tomatoes. I said, okay, so what do you like? Oh, I like the peas. Okay, ma, when will the peas be ready? When are you going to bring them in? When can we have? Yes, probably a few more days, a few more days, and you're waiting, and finally you come in for supper, and your mother has a bowl of the tomatoes or cucumbers or peas or whatever you manage to grow in your backyard, and he says, these are the first, the first vegetables that you grew in your garden. And I asked the boy, I said, tell me honestly, are you excited? And everybody said, oh, yeah, 
finally, the fruits of our labor, they didn't use such fancy words, hey, but finally, we were going to get to benefit from all our hard work. I said, now you understand the first fruit. The farmer says, God, I've worked for months, my farm and plowing and planting and hoeing and weeding and all the stuff that goes into running a farm. I've worked so hard. I've worked so hard for so long, and finally I'm bringing all my work. Right? As you don't make money while the plants are just growing, right? Your whole your whole wealth, everything that you earn this year is when you're gathering it in. It's finally paying off. And God, to show my appreciation, my recognition that it's not me. It's all you, God. The first fruits, the ones that I would love to eat myself, the very first fruit, that is what I'm going to bring to the temple, God, and give it to the priest to show my appreciation. That is what the Torah wants to happen when I bring my Bikurim, when I bring my first fruit. And there's, and it, it was a big deal because this concept that it's so important that we learn to show appreciation. So I take the first thing, which most people would say, hey, come on, the first one is mine. After the first one, you know, not such a big deal. You know, the, like the first cars that come off the lot or the, or the first dollar that gets printed, right? There's something to be said about the first. And the, the concept of appreciation says, I recognize God, that everything is coming from you. I appreciate what you've done for me. That's the one. Now, it's getting more than one food, it's going to be a basket, whatever it is. Um, that's the one I'm going to bring. And therefore, it was a big deal. What they did was in each area, um, they put up signs when they would be marching towards Jerusalem. They would have parades and there would be musical instruments and the cows would have um, olive uh, branch crowns and they would cover the horns in gold and, and there'd be people and families and children and dancing and marching and singing. And when they finally got towards the Temple Mount, they set a messenger ahead and the messenger would bring the message to the temple, and depending on the size of the parade coming in would, uh, would depend on how many priests and Levites would go out to greet them. And when they marched through the streets of Jerusalem, so normally the rule is, even though, again, nowadays we have a hard time with this, but if you work for somebody, you don't get to do other stuff while you're working. Your job is to work. You're being paid to work. You're not being paid to take an extra coffee break or because there's a parade to go outside and see what's going on. Right? You can't do that. You're working for somebody. Right? A lost concept. But here, actually, for this command, the workers in Jerusalem, uh, the rabbi said, have to actually go out of their store and greet, wave, be, wave at the parade and wave at everybody and greet and, and compliment and say, welcome to Jerusalem. Thank you for coming. As they marched up to the temple... They would go um, up the Temple Mount, and no matter who you were, you could be a king, you could be a billionaire, you could have a thousand slaves, but you actually had to carry your own fruit on your own shoulder. No one carries, once you get to the Temple Mount, no one carries the fruit for you. You must carry it yourself. You bring it into the Temple Mount. You'll probably, everybody has to line up. You'll find the Kohen. You will 
give them the basket, and they'll, they'll wave it back and forth, and and then they'll read verses in the Torah, and uh, they change that because people got embarrassed, they didn't know how to read, so the Kohen would start reading. All, all, all this to show that I appreciate, I recognize what God did for me, I appreciate what God did for me, that's what we're doing. Now, it is very fascinating, the verses that we read. We're basically reading um, how God took care of us. Again, it's all, everything is to show appreciation. The, the Jewish word for that is hakaras hatov, or hakarat hatov, right? That I recognize, hakar is to recognize hatov, the good that God does for me. When I recognize the good that God does for me, okay, now I'm ready. I can appreciate, and by the way, and then the verse ends at the end of this part of the, at the end of this mitzvah, it says, you'll be happy, right? Because it's automatic. If I appreciate, I'm happy. If I appreciate my wife made supper for me, we talked about this last week, right? If I appreciate, I'll have a happy life. If everything is coming to me, I will have a miserable life, right? Everything comes full circle. You got to know where to start. You start with appreciation, you end, you're happy. And if you recognize that that's what it takes to be happy, huh, at the end of the day, nothing has value if I'm not happy. You can ask anybody you want. Maybe you recognize it yourself. If I'm not happy, there's no value. All value is because I'm happy. At the end of the day, everything I buy, everything I spend, everything I do is I want to be happy. I don't want my children complaining. I'll spend the money, but if it's not going to help them be happy, what am I spending the money for, right? Or, you know, parents will go and, and they'll, they'll force their kids into these sports leagues and competitions and stuff, but if at the end of the day the child is miserable, what are you spending all that money for? Like, what is the point? Okay. So we talk about how Lovan, Jacob's father-in-law, tried to destroy Jacob and his family. He chased after him when Jacob uh, packs out of town with his 11 children and his wives and all his livestock, and they're on the move, and Lovin comes chasing after them, and he really wanted to kill Jacob and his family, but God intervened, and he told Lovin, you leave him alone, and don't bother him, and don't talk to him, don't say good things, don't say bad things. So we start out, Lovin tried to destroy us, God saved us. Then we get into the story of Egypt, went down to Egypt and we were slaves and we suffered and then Moses comes and he brings the ten plagues and God takes us out of Egypt and and uh, this part doesn't say but it's all part of and we we go through the the Red Sea God takes care of us so again we start out where we were supposed to be destroyed somebody tried to destroy us the person was not successful or the country wasn't successful that's what we're reading to show appreciation I was this appreciation of a few fruits is, is the idea, right? I have to have the concept. I have to get good at showing appreciation on the small things. And then I turn around and I say, hey, God, look at all these great things you did for us. So then the story really becomes, why don't we thank God for all the stories in exile that we were saved? So many times, so often, um, we should have been destroyed from one country, ex expelled from this country, um, persecuted in this country. We're still standing. Why is that not part of our uh, thank you? So it's interesting. 
because this exile we've been in for 2,000 years, this final exile of Edom, of Esav, it's not over. So on this, you can't thank God for an appreciation that you saved us from this exile. We're still here. Yet, if you're living in Israel, don't get me wrong, but we're still in exile. Um, as a cute story, um, after the Heaven Massacre in 29, so if Yosef Chaim Senefeld, he was like the, the chief rabbi uh, in Jerusalem, so he's, I mean, he grew up with a lot of these Arabs, so he would speak to them and, 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 and try to explain to them, we don't want your mosques, we don't want your holy places, we just want to live in peace. So one day he's walking to the Western Wall, to the Kotel, and an Arab threw an orange at him, threw a fruit at him. So he turns around to the Arab and says, Told the what? So he said, no, thank you. So the Arab says, why are you saying thank you to me? What do you got in your mind? I just threw an orange at you. Why did you say thank you? So he says, at least it wasn't a rock. Okay. So um, it's interesting, and we've talked about this concept. Once we're talking about Bikurim, so it says that we will inherit the land of Israel because of the Bikurim, which after everything we've said till now should simply mean that we will inherit the land of Israel because we have the ability to show an appreciation for everything God does for us. I appreciate what God does. God gives me land of Israel. I be, it's, it's something I've been saying in my house a lot of times lately. When I have the ability to thank God and appreciate all the things God does, so you know what God says? Ha, huh, Jacobson, you think that's all I could do for you? You think that's it? You're showing appreciation for, for a couple fruit? Ha, huh, I give you way more than that. Right? So I show God I appreciate, I thank God, and God says, you think that's all I could do? I could do way more than that. On the other hand, sometimes we complain we sweat the small stuff. We complain over the little things. God says, you're complaining over that? I could give you something really to complain over. Right? We should really be careful how we talk, how we, how we think, how we react. Because God's reacting in turn. You appreciate? I have more stuff for you to appreciate. You complain? God forbid. Right? God can say, I can give you something really to complain about. But the interesting question is, the interesting question is that um, we're, we, we, were, we merited to enter the land of Israel because of a command we didn't do yet. You see, there's no command, there's no mitzvah to bring the first fruit till we inherit the land of Israel. We divvy it up, we have our farms, we grow produce. But here it says now you're going to get the land of Israel because... Um, you brought the first fruit, but I didn't bring the first fruit yet. Right? In other words, how did I merit the land of Israel when the command of Bikurim didn't take place yet? Right? It's a little bit out of out of order. So we have said in the in 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 the past a very beautiful answer. Um, and that is that God will prepare the reward even though we didn't do the good deed yet, 
as God knows we are going to do the right thing. So God says, it's already in the works, right? I know you're going to bring Bikurim. I know you have the ability to show appreciation. So I'm bringing you to the land of Israel almost like because of your potential. Because God says, I know what you're going to do. I know what you're capable of doing. And therefore, I'm rewarding you for what you're going to do later. As I'm paying you now, I'm putting it in your bank account now. <laughs> God could always take it away, right? But I'm giving it to you now, but I know God says you're going to do it because I know who you are and what you are and the, and the potential you have, right, which should always be our attitude anyways. In other words, it's not what I am today. It's what I can become. And here comes the music. And therefore, we are going to have to say goodbye. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Short and sweet as always. Thank you to wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you, where's Ronda Production Team? We have David in the back. I have left you with some food for thought. Until next time. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it.